Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Hello, this is Kelly again. We're back at Eight Minutes to Ageless, and we're starting to talk about ways that you might get an inkling as to how well you are aging. You know, we've talked about this in the past in terms of how do you know when somebody's old, Well, you kind of know predicated on how much confidence you have that they'd be able to get down to the ground and get back up, right? The people who are walking with a shuffled base, you know they're going to struggle trying to get down or actually refuse to get down. Or the people whose heads have a forward trajectory, you're afraid if they start to move down, they're going to fall down. They're going to fall forward and not have the strength to hold themselves back up. And we also know that If you have somebody with a limp or stiffness, you know that person is not going to be moving um, well or efficiently and how our brain and our our motor activity are often connected. So we we, um, unconsciously age people in our mind's eye, predicated on their postures, their stiffness, their perceived limitations. Now there is a a really great sit to stand test that helps people see how well they're kicking it in life. And I remember being introduced to it 10 years ago and uh, I was with a bunch of chiropractors and we were at a conference and you know, the, the uh, competition was on because you didn't want to be the one left in the left behind, but there was a lot of people in the room who super struggled with this. And a lot of these folks were 30, 40 years old and they were out of shape and they hadn't been stretching and they hadn't been moving their body and all the cardinal ranges of motion that I've been teaching you throughout this podcast. So it was kind of embarrassing for them. And then, you know, if you fail a test, you want to make the test wrong. (laughs) You want to pretend like, oh, who cares? I I don't need to be able to do that anyway. But in actual fact, what we've come to find is that if, you ha- if you're a person who can get down on the ground and get up off the ground, you're aging really well. And even more so, if you can get down on the ground and get up from the ground without getting assistance from the external environment, that's even better. So you can go to 8minutes2ageless.com and you can find videos of me doing this. It's called the sit to stand test. It's the it's the website that is part of my book and I will have that in in the show notes um, the video so you can take a look at it but it goes like this take your shoes off and um, 
sit on the ground, cross your legs. Now, here's the drill. If you've had a knee replacement or hip replacement, I'm gonna say, please don't try this. Why? Because even as fabulous as your surgeon was, your full range of motion, your ability for those muscles and their proper attachments to be in play and giving feedback to your brain about where your knee or hip are in in time and space have been uh, limited, if not destroyed to a degree by the surgery. Now the surgery bought you a lot of movement and pain and pain-free living. So I'm not saying the surgery was bad. What I'm telling you is that if you've had that surgery, this test is really off limits for you. It doesn't mean you can't do other things like the two balance protocols we've been talking about to maintain what you have and further what you have, but this test will make you really, really mad. So, and it can stress your knee and hip in a way that I just don't want you to try. So forget about it, okay? Let go, give yourself a pass. There's a lot of good reasons we have nip, uh, hip and knee replacement. So um, turn off the next few minutes of this podcast and listen to some next steps in a few moments. So what you do is you sit cross-legged. And uh, again, if you have gross osteoarthritis and you haven't been able to, to bend your knees for years, this is not gonna be something you wanna try because if you are a really competitive human being, you'll try to do what your body cannot control. And if you are a calm, person who is trusting to see how you do, that's fine. But just know this, your body will not allow you to do what it cannot control. If you have a super forceful uh, push or an attempt to uh, quickly get up, you're going to hurt yourself because your body will not allow you to do what it cannot control unless you have an outside external force pushing you or prompting you. So don't do that. Nobody helping you. Don't be using furniture to hike yourself up. No, just calm down and see how you do. So you're gonna sit on the ground, you're on your butt, your knees are bent, your feet are crossed. This requires your hips to have full range of motion as well. So there you are sitting in Indian style. Well, let's say you're down there and your feet are far away from your bum. Do your best to kind of tuck your feet in clo closer to your bum. And again, the video will show, show, you, show you how I'm doing it. But then the key is this, you have to like engage your core. So it's as if you're really tightening the sphincters that you act, if you're, if you're trying to stop urination, for example, or if you're getting ready to be sucked in the stomach by somebody playfully, you engage your core and you engage your, your uh, pelvic diaphragm. And now everything is tight and, and, and bound up. Now, if you can take your arms and, and you don't wanna touch anything, that's the drill. You don't wanna touch anything as you stand up. So if you're down in that posture, your knees are crossed, your hips are fully bent, you're engaging your core, and now you lean your upper body and head forward as you put your weight onto your feet, and now you push yourself up because you have the strength in the quads and the strength in the glutes and the strength in the abdominal muscles to get you to a standing posture. And if you can do that, man, good for you. You are doing great. And if you can't do that, guess what? Don't worry. Don't panic. Do what you can with all the other strategies we've been talking about in the interim. Now, I do this test at least once a week because, first of all, as the author of this book, if I can't do what I talk about, then shame on me. Um, what would prevent me from being able to do that test if I injured my knee or my hip or my back? 
I would have to get those things fixed. I would have to regain full knee flexion. I would have to regain full hip flexion. And if I've not done that, then I should not try that test. So just be really, really clear about that. Okay, so let's say you've miserably failed the test and now you're a little mad at yourself. Calm down and let's, let's see what if you can do this. Can you stand up and can you bend over while bending your knees and put your hands on the ground and then get onto your hands and your knees? If you can do that, that's pretty awesome. Now, once you are on your hands and your knees, can you now get back up? Can you now engage your abdomen enough to lift one knee up and put your foot on the floor and have enough strength in the abdomen and the glute to allow you, while maybe still touching the floor with your hands, to get that other foot underneath you and stand up? If you can do that, that's really dang good. That's a step forward. Now, let's say you can't do that. Let's say you've got to crawl over to where there is a sturdy chair or couch and you need to put your arms on that sturdy chair or couch and push down using your arms onto that, onto that piece of furniture to kind of create enough engagement in your abdomen. Now you can kind of sort of get that one knee bent and that foot underneath it and you can start to push yourself up as you claw yourself up the way up the furniture. Well, guess what? That's also a progress. That's also good because there's some people who cannot do that. So if you cannot do that, here's what I want you to do. Let's take it all the way down to the bare bones. We're going to talk about rolling in the future, but I want you to get on your back on the ground now. You, you know, we now know you can't get up off the floor. So have somebody nearby who can help you. Um, or if you have a big king size bed, you can do this. But if you have a small bed, I don't want you to do this because I don't want you falling off the bed. Um, so laying on the floor on your back with your feet and your arms out, your arms overhead. Now take your right arm and cross over your body and try to roll and emulate what a baby would do when it's trying to reach for a rattle or a toy on the left-hand side of its body and it sees it and it wants to grab it with his right hand. So it's gonna reach that right arm across the body towards the toy and it will end up with the body, boom, rolling over on the tummy. Awesome, awesome. Because I promise you, if you're not getting on the ground and getting up, you're probably not rolling around a whole hell of a lot, particularly intentionally. You might find rolling in bed is sort of frustrating. But if you can do this full body rolling, wow. Now, while you're on your tummy, so lift, lift your right arm up over your head. Both arms are up, but lift your right arm up over your head. Turn your head to the right and try to engage your whole body to roll back over onto your back. And that leg swings around. If you wanna use your legs to help, that's fine. I don't care how you do it. It's not, you have to be pretty. It's that if you can start rolling and taking those arms across your body and rolling on your tummy and then lifting that arm up and rolling back on your back, I promise you there's this neural integration that's happening that's gonna afford you the ability to do a little bit better on all fours, to do a little bit better in standing up, to do a little bit better in getting up off the ground. 
So rolling is important. And we're going to talk again a lot more about rolling, but you can try that very gently, kind of organically like a child, because you know how babies figure out how to, how to sit and walk? Is they're practicing. They practice by rolling. So that's what I want you guys to work on this week is, is that ability to move from wherever you're at. And then you can go back and go to the website and look at the video of me doing the sit to stand and encourage others younger than you maybe in your family to see, can you do that? Because if you, if all of a sudden you can use that as a gold standard for how your family's doing and aging and periodically you test yourself, not only will it be fun, but you'll keep each other honest. I mean, I have patients that because of challenges they have with their knee or their hip, they come in and go, Kelly, does this count? And they'll, they'll sit on their butt and they'll bring their knees to their chest and they'll roll back and they roll forward and they stand up. And I say, yes, that counts. That counts. You got up off the ground. You use the engagement of your glutes and your abdomens and your quads and your arms. Anything counts when you can fight gravity and get from the ground up. And you know, that's the hardest part, but it's how babies work. They don't start by standing and then lowering themselves slowly to the ground. They start by being on the ground and standing up. And so there's no harm in not caring about how messy it looks trying to get on the ground. Just get on the ground and start rolling around. Get on the ground and get on your hands and knees and weirdly enough, start crawling around. Because as you put that left hand forward and, and you know, you're following with the leg on the opposite side, there's some magic that's happening in your brain and in your body. Because promise, probably at age 75, you don't do a lot of crawling unless on purpose. So uh, you can do some rolling and you can do some crawling. And then you might have more and more confidence to be able to stand up on your own unassisted without the furniture. And then who knows? I mean, if you haven't had notable pathologies to your knee or hips, you could be that person that in fact to start practicing the sit and stand test. But that's not our goal here. Remember that test is just a measurement to see where we're at. We may not like the results, but who cares? The results are the results. You gotta deal with what is, and then you gotta move forward. All right then. So that's what you're gonna be working on this week. I'll have a link in the show notes to the, um, video that I was telling you about. And I wish you all the best of luck and no matter how you do. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we're done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.